I'm going to go and build a fire. I'm going to make some, some bread and some water, and my son and I are going to eat it and die. Now, that is a depressing place to be. But the Bible says, he said, now you go ahead and do that. But, but before you give your boy anything to eat, or before you eat anything, fix me something. <laughs> I don't know many places in North Augusta that go over. You know, I mean, the last person they want around them is a preacher. And especially if they ain't got nothing to eat, and they fix, they're fixing to run out of something to eat. They don't want to fix nobody nothing first. But he says, do it first, and bring it unto me, and after, make for thee and for thy son. Now look at Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye, say it with me, first, say it first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You can have a seat. Thank you so much for standing. There are people in this auditorium this morning that have tried your best to put God first. You have not found it without agitation. You've not found it without risk. You've not found it to be trouble-free. If I, Brother Steve, if I ask this morning, how many of you in here really... And truly, down deep, down deep. Some of us, it's real deep, but down deep. We want God to have full sway and first place in our life. I think most people in this auditorium would say amen today. This is not a church where people come to be seen, to show off their hairdos, and to brag about their vocational skills, nor to hunt up business for their business. It's not, that's not what we're about. That's not what anybody in here is about that's, that's hooked into this ministry. I had the mayor of this city tell me one time, he's not the mayor now, but he was several back. He came to church out here when we were dedicating a building, and he came to the preaching service. He had been two or three times. He told me this. He said, I would like to come to church here. He said, but the truth of the matter, it wouldn't help my political career. And I said, well, do what you feel like you need to. But in my heart, I thought, what's first? You see? Now, I don't blame him for thinking like that because he was right. We are not politically correct. We don't line up politically correct. We're about as backwards politically as you, as you can get because, well, anyway... First, God wants to be first, and we want, we want God to be first, but we've tried so many times and run up against so many obstacles. And Chris, it's been difficult and hard in missions sometimes to want to wanna just, just sell out to it because you really know what you're going to be up against, and we wonder whether or not we can do what it's going to take to, to put God first. Let me, if I can, show you three truths out of this story that, that teaches us truth about putting God first out of this woman's life. Now, write this down somewhere. Number the first truth I want you to see. Your past 
will associate with your future and try its best to steal God's first place in your life. If you try to sell out to God, if you try to put Jesus first, and you want to, and down deep you wish to, and, and, and the very push and thrust of your soul, you're not here this morning to waste time. You didn't come here this morning to play. I know you didn't. Because people who are playing are asleep. But you came here this morning for the simple reason that you wanted the Lord to do something in your life and to bless you and to learn what's it going to take to please Him. But everybody who trusts Him and tries to make Him potentate and powerhouse in their life, their past tries to mess with their future. I want you to look at the verse 17 and 18. It came to pass after these things, Steve, her son has died. The son of the woman, the Bible says, the mistress of the house, he fell sick, and his sickness was so sore or bad that there was no breath left in him. Now I want you to see what she said. And she said unto Elijah, what have, I do, how, what have I to do with thee, O man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remember? They've been living in the blessing of the oil and the meal for a year when this, was, when this part of the story happened. That boy lived in that house. The meal did not run out. The oil did not run out. They were having whole cake bread and buttermilk. <laughs> Some of y'all ought to speak in tongues right there. I mean, God was blessing them. And all of a sudden, problems happened. And she said, what have I done in your direction, preacher, that has caused God to do this? She said, have you come to me in this situation as a sign of my past? I have never seen that in the story. She said, you've come to call my what sin. What sin to remember? Was this boy born out of wedlock? Her husband's been dead. Did she feel guilty that she had something to do with that? My sin has come up. Have you, has this thing happened because of something I've done back yonder? You see, this woman's trying to live with God. This woman's trying to live in the power of God. This woman's been good to the prophet of God. This woman's house has the presence of God in it. And all of a sudden, trouble happens. And the first thing she thinks is this thing has happened to bring up my past. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. You do not have to worry about your past when you're living in the blood in the present, looking at your future. Hey, hey, hey. Amen. Let's just go to church up here. They don't want. They don't want. They don't want to go to church. Up. 
They don't even want, they ain't even here this morning. I said, I said, when something happens, you're living in the blessing. You give yourself to God. You turn your life over to Him. You say, I want Him. Number one. What will the devil do? He'll come to you and say, yeah, you may, he may be number one. But the thing you've got to remember is, when you was whoring around, you got to remember when you was out there illegitimate. You got to remember when you was out there living like the devil. You got to remember God may be blessing you now, but I'll tell you right now, bad things happen because of what people used to be. May I say something to you? When God cleanses by the blood of Jesus, God eradicates the memory. And God forgets what was. And now we can live in the blessing of Him being number one. <laughs> when, I, when I was called to preach, I thought the Lord had gone crazy. Some of you think the same thing now. I, I, I did. I, the night God called me to preach, a man was preaching... The power of God was in the place like a fog. The Shekinah glory of God almost was in the building. I mean, the place was flooded with power. I'm talking about people getting right with God. I mean, all feet and halfway back the, through the pews to the back of the church, people swallowing and weeping every time I tell a story, I can hear them wailing. That old boy was preaching the gospel in the power of the Holy Ghost, and God was sitting in my lap, knocking on my heart's door, saying, I want you to do that. And I said, surely I'm feeling the vibrations from somebody on the other end of the bed. And here was my problem. Where I came from, and what I was, would not let me believe that I could become something. That's a good preacher. I got to say that again, if I can. What God was asking me to be, because of where I came from, I didn't think I'd ever be able to do that, and so I just sat there, and I didn't know how to react to it. God don't call pool players to preach. God don't call homongers to the ministry. God, oh yes, He saves people from their sin, but just the sin. He don't save nobody to preach. I mean, he gets a preacher's kid. He gets a good boy. He gets a moral boy. He picks up the good. I mean, God knows he don't want me where I came from. I want to be number one in your life. That woman says, so be it. And what happens? The past begins to associate with her future. She needed to hear something. Uh, she needed to hear Jeremiah 31, 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, I know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. She needed to hear Isaiah 43, 25. I, 
Even I am he that blotteth out my transgressions for my own name's sake and will not remember thy sins. She needed to hear the psalmist if you're Episcopal in here this morning. Or Presbyterian in here this morning. Or Baptist in here this morning. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. Psalm 85, 2. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sins. Oh, I like Colossians 2 and 13. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcised in your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven all, all trespasses. I may not look much like much to you this morning. I may not seem like I belong here. I might not be the best one for it. But I'd like to tell you, hallelujah, God gave the best. For the worst. Some of us, some of us going to get to heaven. Shot. You sit here in church and, and hope and wish and pray and think. Well, I hope when I die, I go up and not down. <laughs> You're like that woman whose husband buried all his money in the attic. <laughs> he told us, he said, when I die, I want you to go in the attic. And, and I want you to see if my money, he thought he was going to take it with him when he left up. And if he died, his wife went in the attic and said, I told him he should have put it in the basement. It was still there. Some of us don't know which way we're going. But I'm fairly convinced some of you are going to go to heaven. And God's going to let you in. Your eyes going to be that thing around. You know, if I didn't do this, I'd have run with somebody at church. I'd have shouted with somebody at church. I didn't know God really forgave me. Let me ask you a question. As the devil in, I mean, as the devil in this church, in a service or this one or another one, as you heard the preaching of God's word, and God said, "I want you to put me first. and you say, "I would, Lord, but you sure that I can make it where I come from? They'll say, "Oh, child, child, all I can see is where you are. What are you talking about? Where you come from?" Oh, well, what sins are you talking about? Well, let's just go to church. I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life, they've all been torn out. And I don't remember them anymore. Somebody else. Glory. <laughs> if, if you're still back there, no wonder he can't be first. 
But if you have walked from what you was to who He is, He can take you to become what you was meant to be. Now, don't you let your past. I mean, the time she gave herself to Him, wasn't a year later, something happened. First thing she did. I think that I think this is not only female but male too. But I think it's a real gender difficulty here. I think most women start emotionally thinking backwards when something happens to them forward. Especially when it happens to their children. And she said, You bring in my she thought, she said, Preacher, this reminds me of where I came from because I so, I was so bad, God now has He's brought judgment out of my past and planted it in my future. God don't do that. Not when the blood's standing between the two. You ain't got to worry about it. God never remembers a beer I hold. And the only, the only way He even can think about it is when I just missed it. And He forgot it right after I said it. He's never remembered one time me dragging his name in the gutter. Not one. That's the only way I can preach. That's the only way I can keep going. Because I know, praise God, he's faithful there. Everybody in this church who's saved, you have a past, but I want to tell you something, God don't know about it. <laughs> and if you'll not get so so hostile and so agitated and confused when something happens bad. You won't, you won't have, you won't, you won't be bringing it up either so quickly. Number two, not only your past will associate with your future, but your, if you give yourself to God and you put God number one, now this is going to stop some of you from doing it, but I got to tell you the truth: your progress will be attacked by your circumstances. This woman gives her life to God. She she settles up uh, and brings brings this man of God, this prophet into an apartment that she has, other servants living in that house with them, along with the boy. This woman is not a poor woman. This woman has some money. The Bible has been interpreted that he slept in a law. But what that really was was an apartment elevated for company. The law was in the bottom. The top was prescribed for the traveler who comes that was important. The preacher was living in that apartment. He has been for almost three and a half years in this drought, famine-infested country. He is in the home where this woman is a widow. She has a son and servant, and she sells out to the words of this prophet. And what happens? Her boy falls sick. What, what does that mean? She's been attacked by a circumstance. Trying to do right. Trying to give herself to God and put Him first. And the circumstances attack her faith. I don't know if anybody who's ever sold out to God that circumstances didn't find out about it. And all of a sudden, we got a problem. All of a sudden, there is a difficulty. All of a sudden, there's a problem. The meal and the oil lasted for over a year in this text. Three and a half years of famine. 
Elijah was here for at least one year, probably longer. God is blessing the man and the woman's getting in on the overflow. Every day the meal replenishes. Every day the oil runs new. But what happens right in the middle of the blessing? Circumstances cause a tragedy. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this boy is dead. She goes to the preacher in Christ and says, Surely, just like my husband, I'm the blame. Let me say something to you. This thing's going to happen to you whether you surrender to God or not. I found out something. Circumstances don't, don't, no addresses. They just go everywhere on the street. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's important that you understand when you give yourself to God and put Him first in your life, things are not going to be A plus all the time. But I promise you this, you will have an A plus God in your C minus circumstance. You may be having a problem, but I promise you this, He's not absent. You may be having a difficulty and the circumstances are waving the flag and saying, I've got you now. I come to tell you as an ambassador for God this morning, hallelujah, He knows your situation. He's not going to let you go under. He's not going to let you go sideways. He's going to help you. I was talking to Brother Rye, Randy, a preacher friend of mine, who came down three years ago, it'll be four years in May. He came down on a Thursday night. He was preaching here. And uh, he went back home on Friday morning only to find out that his, his body was full of leukemia. He, for three and three-quarter years, or three and a half years, He's been fighting this disease in his body. Just two months ago, he had to give up his church. He had to watch another boy, young man, come in and take it over. He still lives about two miles. And don't know how to even act after 22 years. Just cut loose. They're praying about keeping his injured. Praise God. That's real white. Where's he going to get him? After 22 years. I talked to him on the phone. He's in Emory Hospital. On the seventh floor. That's where they put all of them. The case them for. Except medicated for the place they need rehab. He was talking to me on the phone. He said, Preacher, I was living at the peak of my commitment. He said, That night I preached for you. And the days before that, he said, Our church was skyrocketing. He said, It was a launching pad. And it was. I preached there, and that thing was jammed for a brand new building. Fixing that to build again. And circumstances found out about it. And here he came. I said, Brother, I wish I had something to tell you as far as an explanation. I said, But I don't. 
And I consoled him with as simple a consolation as I could, as a preacher to a preacher. But when we hung up, he was probably no better off than when we picked up the phone. Because nobody gets anybody to understand the circumstances good enough to get over I spoke to his wife later. She said, we've lost everything we've got. We're two months behind on our house. And I'm, I'm, I'm working with that church on that. I'm going to help them all that I can if I have to make them feel guilty. Say amen right there. We've lost everything. We have no ministry. We've lost our people. We've lost our association and our relationship together and we're struggling to get along for three and a half years. I've watched this boy hurt. And it's about kill me. She said, and all we've got is the one hope that the commitment we made will stay real. I hung that phone up and I said, God, I had no idea he was going to call and I was studying this passage. And I thought to myself, how easy it is to give yourself to the Lord. But how difficult it is to understand why circumstances don't test. But ladies and gentlemen, I, 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 I'm not taught, I'm not built, I'm not put together uh, out of the stuff that's going to leave you right there. I, I got to give the devil a word. I, I got to let hell know that God hadn't forgotten Brother Ryan. I've got to let you know that God's still on the throne. I've got to tell you that God's eye is on that man. And I've got to tell you, I don't care what the circumstances say, my God will supply all your need. Give Him praise and glory. Don't come walking down this aisle today and say, I'll give my life to the Lord and put Him number one if you don't expect the circumstances to find out about it. But let me tell you something else. <laughs> it could be worse if you don't. I'd rather have problems with a king sitting on the throne in my life as to have problems backslidden without his power. Melinda, I'd rather have Jesus in the middle of my mess than me in the middle of my mess. It's your choice. <laughs> Look at the third one, not quit. Your past will associate with your, with your future. Your progress uh, will be attacked by your circumstances. Look, look, at, look at the third one. Your problem will erase your doubt in God's ability. Listen to me. Not one person in here has a problem because God don't like you. God cannot not like you. God does not have the ability to be human. Humans don't like humans. God loves you. God does not have... Somebody said the other day, Preacher, aren't you glad God loves you? I said, He can't help you. There's no alternative. 
Does it shock you that God loves you? It ought to shock you that somebody says He don't. Because God, in His infinite character, loves you. He made you. You're His. Some of you had not found out about it yet. But you're His. And all He wants you to do is agree with Him. That's what salvation is. You coming home to the arms of a loving Father who will take you in and embrace you like you are. Well, why do I have all these problems? He's trying to get you to believe who He is after He does what He does. Look at this verse. And the woman said to Elijah, By this I know. Uh Uh-oh. By this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. How did she know? A resurrection. How would she not have known if it had stayed alive? Are we going to church on the platform yet? Had the boy stayed alive, the truth would have stayed in the case. But the boy died. God resurrected him through the preacher. And the woman said, By this! Where is your by this? I thought about this this morning. How come the oil didn't cause her to say by this? You come to my house and I don't ever have to buy no more Mazola. Because every time I open the cabinet, there's another gallon. Open the count, that's, that's, that's two gallons. Open the count, that's three gallons. I'm going to believe something. If I go to the next uh, opening and opening, and there's a, a there's old Martha White stacking flour and, and meal in my in my cupboard, and I open it, there's another one. I open it, there's three or four. I mean, I mean, the meal is just adding up. I'm going to say, hallelujah. But not this woman. She was basking in what God was doing, never thinking it could get any worse or any better. And all of a sudden, God said, well, if the meal won't make you shout and the oil won't make you shout, I'll take another way and another road. And so she la- he laid his hand on the boy, and the boy died. <laughs> and then the boy was resurrected. And she said... By this, sometimes God will touch what you love most for you to love Him more. And He'll do a miracle in your life just to show you that you don't have to trust whole cake bread. You don't have to trust meal and oil. You don't have to trust the miracles that sustain you. You can have miracles that surprise He said, by this, I know. I'm thoroughly convinced there's a by this miracle for this church that has not yet been performed. I have watched God for 29 years, come the second week in January, 29 years. This church has been together, and I've been your only preacher. If you're here this morning visiting, these people don't change preachers with their cereal brain. And may I say something to you? You better watch out where they're leaving every 15 months. 
Somebody got a problem. Moving right along. I've watched God time after time after time keep the meal and the oil just replenished in this place. And every time we've stepped out, God stepped in. And He said, let's step on. And God has a miracle for this place that's a know-this miracle. Now, by this, I know. Some of you hadn't been fully convinced. You've seen the meal. You've seen the oil. You've seen the blessing. You've lived in the power. You've watched the access. You've watched God bless others. You've watched God touch others. I want to tell you, you're going to get convinced for yourself. And if you live with God, the problems you have will begin to erase your doubts. In God's ability. <laughs> she said, I never have known it like this. She had a dead child raised in a miraculous fashion, and she, when she was holding him up close to her, she was looking at him. When she looked to the preacher, she said, By this. I know. I want to tell you, God has a miracle. Keep praying. Keep trusting Him. Join me at this altar in just a moment. I'm done. And let's beg God to be first in our life. I don't care. Listen to me now. I say this and quit. I don't care what's number one now. It don't come close to who Jesus Christ is if you put Him number one in your life. And whatever problem you have, you're going to have problems anyway. You can have a problem with him in it or you in it. What's it going to be? Let's pray. Step to the platform, Sabbath, and ask God to bless this invitation. And while he's doing so, somebody in his coming saying, I want the Lord to be number one in my life. I don't care what happens, what comes, what don't come. He is Lord. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you so much for this explanation of the will of God for our lives. And I pray this morning as these altars fill up with concerned individuals, I pray that the Holy Ghost of God would help us to see that God is worth being over and above what happens to us. Father, I pray You'd help us to make You number one. God, You are number one whether we like it or not. So we may as well just throw in with You and decide to let God reign and rule in our hearts like You need to and like You want to. I want to pray for that one this morning, God, that has tried to sell everything out for God and that one Lord that has uh, made a stab at it, God, but they've gone back because of their past and because of their difficulties, God. I pray you give us a bulldog type of mindset. Help us, God, to just roll our eyes back and look up to heaven and say whatever happens and whatever comes. For me and my house, we will 
serve the Lord. Father, I pray you'd deal with our hearts and bless us. We love you and we commend ourselves to you the best we know how. In Jesus' name. Oh God, touch people this morning. Help us and we'll give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name. Stand with me, please, all over the house. Steve, sing something for us if you will. People are coming.